Running an ultra is a massive goal, and I think a lot of us forget just how big of a goal it is. When we're surrounded constantly by people who, for whom a marathon is kind of short, it's easy to forget just how big of a deal some of these races are. To get yourself a little perspective, go find someone that you don't know, doesn't know what ultras are, and tell them what you're trying to do and see what their face looks like. It'll put it back into perspective for you. Coming into the latter half of the summer, although it doesn't feel like it's the latter half with it being 100 degrees outside, I wanted to address goals. Goal setting, how to hit them, how to hit them for next year, and I got this idea because I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Mind Over Macros, by one of my mentors, Mike Milner. He was discussing how you can hit your goals this year. It is very geared towards fat loss, because that's who he tends to speak to. And I wanted to shape that conversation for the trail and ultra runner. So that's what this is. It's about goals, how to hit them, and how to hit them in the future. So if you're looking to have a good rest of this season and go into next season really strong, keep listening. Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. We are live. So today, let's talk about goals and how you can get exactly what you are looking for out of your goals and achieve them this season and in the future. Right, because that's all what we, what we all really want. First, let's say you are like where you are for a reason in your life. We've all been there, been through different phases, and whatever you have been doing up to this point has brought you to this place. And before we can really talk about achieving goals in the future or now, we should probably spend a minute to talk about setting goals, because it has been a while since I've done that on here. So let's take a minute to talk about goals, what you can achieve through training and health and fitness, and what you might be looking for, and whether multiple goals might be in conflict with one another. So many people here have heard me talk about something we refer to as the triangle of awareness. So imagine a triangle, and at each three vertices of the triangle, you have a different type of goal. One would be performance. Let's imagine that at the top. Another one would be fat loss. We can imagine that bottom left. And the other one would be longevity. You can imagine that at the other corner, bottom right. Now, you can be anywhere on this triangle at any time. You cannot be more than two places. You cannot be more than one place at once, right? You cannot be two places at once in this triangle at the same time. So if your goal... If you have multiple goals right now of, for example, performance, trying to run really far and set a PR, and let's just say fat loss, because I might have had this conversation with a couple people, then we need to figure out which of those is more important and whether or not you care about maximizing either of those. Because if we're looking at maximizing performance, we really cannot care about fat loss. We don't want to gain a bunch. Yes, like we've had the weight conversation multiple times. We can do it again if you want. But when you're in 
that performance build, trying to get faster and stronger and run to your best, if you're in a calorie deficit, you're not going to achieve that. And if we're looking the same thing for fat loss, if you're trying to lose some fat, then your performance is going to run into problems. And we cannot do these things at the same time. And we run into the same thing with longevity. If you're trying to live to be 120, then high-level sports probably aren't your game. I'm not saying they're terrible for you if you do them correctly and have some time to recover and all of this. They might be worth the trade-off. They're not as concussion-oriented as something like football, but they're not great for you. High-level athletics, pushing yourself to human limits, is not necessarily a way to live to be 140 years old, right? So whenever we're looking at this triangle, we need to figure out what our goals are, where they slot into these three things, and what we really care about right now. And just because you care about something right now doesn't mean you can't care about something else later. Like during this training cycle, I have put on extra weight on my stomach and or extra fat rather. I don't care about the weight. I put on an extra fat around my stomach and I want to get rid of it. The one, no, two times I've tried to do that in this training cycle, I've basically immediately gotten a twinge of injury. And it's just because I'm pushing hard. I'm trying to like, scale this faster than I probably reasonably should be. And as a result, if I create any sort of calorie deficit, my body just doesn't have the raw materials to repair itself very well. If you have a longer training background and a base and you don't care about doing very well at your next race, if you just want to finish and you finish this race multiple times before, you might not be in the same place. But we need to have some understanding of your goals and how they interact with one another if you're going to make any progress on any of them. And I have some version of this conversation with every person I start coaching, be it online or in person. And I mean, sometimes I have it before we even start the coaching process. Very honestly, it is 100% necessary to address this. I don't, it doesn't matter who the person is. Like a couple great coaches just left the big box gym where I work. And I took on a couple of their clients. <clears throat> and these people have been training for a while. And I just took on one of the ones today. And our first session, most of our day today, was spent having this conversation. And we got done in time that we got to a little bit of movement. But we spent most of the time talking about goals and where we're going and what his life looks like and all these things. Because unlike the old adage, all roads lead to Rome, all roads do not lead to the same goals. They just don't. Different strategies and different tactics will lead to drastically different outcomes. And like here's a, here's a pretty good example. I have like one of my favorite clients in person is a 70-year-old lady who recently had knee surgery. And she's never strength trained. She has very low muscle mass. And her entire desire is to stop having knee pain and get enough muscle mass so that she can go back to gardening. She does not need the same system as my 20-year-old kid who wants to get better at powerlifting. And as a coach, like, I need to know the difference between those two things. I'm not going to have the 70-year-old woman back squat... <laughs> 
it would destroy her knee. This kid wants to get better at powerlifting. He has to back squat. It is part of the sport. Right? So this is a thing that we need to recognize. And as a coach, you can never assume these things. I'll be honest, I almost did this the other day, and I'm really glad I caught myself. There was some guy came up to me. He asked me a question about nutrition because he saw I had, like, the coach shirt on. And he was heavier, and I almost went into the fat loss speech because it is what you encounter 95% of the time in a big box gym. But thankfully, I stopped and said, hey, you might be about to say something really ignorant. So I asked him, like, what are you looking, what are you looking to do? What are your goals? And I'm glad I did, because he wasn't trying to lose fat. He wants to get his bodybuilding pro card, and he's a little heavy because he's currently in a bulk. <laughs> and I saw him lifting after that. He was lifting stupidly heavy. And talking to him about a calorie deficit, one would have been asinine because he already knows what that is, and two would have been the worst thing that he could have achieved right now. He's trying to put on mass. It's the exact opposite of what he's trying to do. We need to understand like what we're trying to pursue, and this is why every coach should have the goals conversation, and then we should check in on them regularly. And if you have a coach that doesn't explicitly talk goals with you, you should hire a new coach or address this with them. Like, and this is, to be clear, again, not just your running goals. You are assuming, looking for some kind of running improvement if we're watching or listening to this, but what if you also want to lose some body fat? And if you expect to do both of those at the same time, if you expect to really improve your performance and also lose some body fat, and we don't address the fact that both of those things are not really highly achievable at the same time, somebody is going to be disappointed at the end of that. So we need to have that discussion at the beginning. Because if literally all you care about is running, then you really shouldn't be doing something like lifting a ton of weight for your upper body. Shoulders and like chest and all this stuff, like the muscles up there slow you down when you're running. You should be doing just enough to keep you safe and maybe help you use something like poles and carry your pack a little better. And if you want to lose some body fat, again, it will affect your performance Unless you have a lot to lose, we're talking like 50 plus pounds, like I was when I'm in my early 20s, but you're better off waiting on that particular goal if you really care about performance and you just want to lose the last couple pounds, whatever the hell that means. The middle of your race season is not the time. There are different places on the triangle. Now, if you've been doing a lot of work and you haven't been reaching, or at the very least making progress on your goals, then you probably don't have a great plan. Because again, whatever you're doing is the perfect way to get you where you are. And I heard a coach say that the other day, and it just kind of clicked with me. Because whatever you have done up to this point has brought you here. So clearly, it was the way to get you where you are. If your goal is to figure out, and I see this a lot with ultra runners, where I don't know if it's the general sport or just the people I attract because I'm this way, but don't necessarily like to be coached a lot of the time. We want to figure it out. <laughs> and if your goal is to figure out how to run faster, then that looks a little different than just run faster. If the goal is to figure it out yourself, even if it takes five times as long, then that's great. You need to like put in the work to figure it out. It is less about the outcome 
than the process of getting there. And I respect that. I was that way for a long time, and I have stopped doing that in many areas of my life because it wasn't working for anymore. I didn't want that. Right? Like I have a business coach, and he helps me do things like understand how to run a Facebook group and talk to you people because <laughs> I enjoy doing this. I really am happy that I do these things. And I have um, a coach for sleep and like life things because I am terrible about that and take care very good care of myself. So I practice what I preach. I try and help have someone else put outside eyes on my life to make sure that I can fill in some gaps when I need it. And if you might need a coach, great. But let's look at what like achieving a goal really is. To achieve a goal, you need a few things. One would be the information to create a plan, which trust me, takes just a ton of time to collect. You need to like read a bunch of books, listen to the podcasts, and do all the things and trial and error. And just if you're only doing this for yourself, you also don't get the benefit of seeing what has worked for others. Like I am able to benefit my own running better by seeing the aggregate of all the stuff that I train other people for. So like we see different VO2 max cycles and what has worked for what has worked or like mildly not worked. I haven't had any big blowups yet, thankfully, but the aggregate of all of this information is really helpful. And then once you have this information, then you need to make the plan, which takes time and even a further knowledge of how to piece it together. Then you need to be able to do that plan physically. Like if I looked at Courtney DeWalter's plan, I'm sure it's delightful and really good. I can't do it because I'm slow. So even if you, or like even use someone more relatable, right? Like Oscar's faster than me. I train him. I couldn't run his plan because I would fall apart. And then you need the time to do the plan. It needs to fit into your life because there are technical problems and solutions. And there are also adaptive problems and solutions. And technical problems and solutions would be something like we talk about here often. So... VO2 max requires a short interval with a fairly equal work to rest ratio, probably in the one to three minute range. That is a technical problem. You have bad VO2 max. You want to get it better. This is what you do to get it better. Whereas adaptive problems and solutions are what we run into more often. Like what if you have to miss three weekends because you need to go to three wedding-related functions between now and your race. Me. What if you have to take two weeks off due to a calf strain? Also me. Also Oscar, right? Like he was about open about that on the podcast. We talked about it. How do you adjust those things? Do you adjust them? Do you try to run through it? Like all of these things are good questions that you should probably ask yourself. Don't run through it. Figure out how to adapt to it. Now, if you want to do this all yourself, then first... Figure out your goals. Sit down with a pen and paper. Figure out all the stuff you want to achieve. Decide what you would... A really good way to figure that out, by the way, is to think like three, four, six months into the future and think, what would I be frustrated with if it hadn't happened? Because sometimes we start thinking about goals and we think about the big thing that is on our mind right now. But if you try to envision your life like six months down the line, we might see some things that you might otherwise be missing. And then second, study. So read and read some more and talk to people. Ask a ton of questions. 
listen to podcasts, the faster and more you can do this while still being able to process it, the better. And you will hear tons and tons of conflicting information, and you're going to be ne need to be able to parse it all out, right? Like, how do we... Really good one, really good example is the fat adaptation thing, right? Like, yeah, it might make your digestion a little better. It's not going to make you faster, according to any things. It might need to, it might help you need a little less food, which could be helpful if we're looking at like FKTs. It's probably not going to improve your speed or performance. Um, and then when you come back from something like fat adaptation and start to add calorie or add carbohydrates in again, you might experience actually a brief slowdown. And why is that? Well, because you've actually made yourself hypoglycemic or made yourself like unable to process glucose. So your body's going to need to relearn how to do that fairly, like will only take a couple weeks, but you might see a bit of a slowdown. So all of that, right? Those kind of issues you might see multiple variations on, and you need to be able to parse those things out. And you only do that by seeing more and more and more of it and getting a bigger picture. And then you need to figure out your timeline. Like if your goal is to run this race in this amount of time, then you have until race day to figure that out. If your goal is that, but also something like fat loss, then maybe those are on different timelines. Maybe they're kind of going to coincide a little bit. What are we looking for, right? How long do you have to do this thing? And then if you're really just starting out, get a plan from the internet, like one of those that David Roche posts on Trail Runner magazine or in Chrissy Mel's book, Running Your First Ultra. Look at that plan, see if you're in a good place to start one of those, and then take the time to adapt it to your schedule. This weekend fits here, this doesn't fit here. Um, Training Peaks has a free version. It's what I use with all my athletes. And you can go in there and plan your calendar and track all your stuff. You won't get great metrics. You won't be able to like do much in the future, but you can slam some stuff in there and you can see it as you go. I don't think after your free trial ends that you can like keep planning in the future. So go knock it out. But this is what we're looking at. Then fill in the missing gaps. For example, like most free plans are pretty garbage when it comes to strength training. If you have a long injury risk that is related to muscle imbalances, or you aren't very good on hills, be it the ups or the downs, then you need strength work. And you're not going to get that from a lot of the free stuff on the internet, or you're not going to get an effective version of that from a lot of the free stuff on the internet. Maybe your nutrition plan is a big deal. Maybe you've tried to figure that out a lot. Or hydration. There's a reason that I like make all of those guides and put them up for free. Because they matter. And if you're willing to take the time and work and study and do all the stuff to learn how to do it yourself, then go for it. I think that should be a thing. right? Or you could hire a coach, as I've said before. I pretty much guarantee that I can help anybody get the results you want. And if I can't, I will refer you to another coach. I know a lot of like runners don't want coaching. And that's the reason I get along with y'all. The like do-it-yourself mentality. I've never met a like group of people quite like that. But if you really want to hit your goals, then it might be time. And or at the very least, like have a conversation about it. Cause if we're really looking to create this plan that fits you well, sometimes it just takes a little support.
especially if you've been doing the same thing over and over again for a while and seeing really slow or just no progress at all. And I think a lot of the time we get caught up in something like, you know, cost or time or whatever. First thing is just a conversation, though. Find somebody. It doesn't have to be me. You all know I do this for a living, but, like, I just had David Terry on the podcast. He's also a coach. There's a ton of us out there. Talk to someone. See if you jive with them. See if their, like, system fits you. Most runners spend more on, like, a couple pairs of shoes than a coach costs for a couple months. So let's, like, look at what is actually helpful to hit your goals. Now, if you have any questions about goals or goal setting or achieving what you're trying to achieve, please pop it in the comments. I'm going to answer one of the questions that was from the group about lightning safety. And if you have any thoughts about goals, I'd be happy to talk about them before we log off here. So lightning safety, and this is from Fabi. Um, how do you stay safe out in the mountains, specifically referring to lightning? The first one is planning. So if this isn't your race, then a lot of it just comes to not going out when it's a risk. Go earlier in the day, if possible, because thunderstorms are more often there at night. Now, when we're running really long, this actually could have some overlap, right? So we could have them start late in the day and carry over into the morning. But if we're able to go, like, by dawn, like at dawn, not well before dawn, then you might have better luck there. Lightning, as we all know, strikes metal, so don't carry any if possible. It also strikes high points, which we're all aware of, but should probably reiterate since we all spend so much time in the mountains. If you're exposed at the top of a peak, that is really dangerous. You are the high point. Even if there's like another peak way over there that is higher, you are the high point in your relative vicinity, so you're in a very precarious position. It is also not very safe to be underneath a very tall tree because you are basically acting as the bottom of a lightning rod, which nobody really wants. And if you ha and it's also not particularly safe to be out in like the middle of a wide open expanse because again, you're the high point. Even though you're not very high, you are the relative high point if you're in the middle of like an empty cornfield, right? So the best thing you can really do if you're out there is go back down. The side of a hill is always better than the top. If you have a grove of trees that are all of a similar height, that's even better. So if we're out here, then find the aspen grove or like the collection of maples. Don't stand, and stand under the lone redwood looking tree. Like a gully would also be safer, right? So if you can get into a low point, that's also good. Lightning is scary. I know people who have been affected by it either directly or it has like struck a friend of theirs. So be safe. Don't mess with it. Um, if you're in the middle of a race, the race director should call it if we're seeing a ton of lightning. If they don't, then you need to make that choice about what is like worth your safety. And if you're heading up at, like basically a spire in the middle of the mountains and there's lightning around you, you are putting yourself at a massive risk. Oh, Esther just asked a question. How do I know if I'm ready for a certain goal, say an Ironman or an ultra race? How much time should I have available to train for such a huge goal? It's a good question. 
and it is hard to say your answer would be, I mean, you have hired a coach, you work with me, we are training a plan, and you'll know when you get there. I don't think anybody feels completely confident on that. How much time depends on your starting point and how much time you have to dedicate to it, right? So if you're looking to train for an Ironman, you probably need for large chunks of your training cycle, 10 plus hours a week of training. Training for triathlons is really hard. You have to get fairly competent at three different sports. Training for ultra requires less time, but still a lot of time. And these sports are not a thing that we can really go into half-cocked. Now, there are people who notoriously don't train and do really well. Power to their genetics. You're also, for most of us, that would be risking a very aggressive injury. And I think it's really common when we hear stories like that, we overlook the aftermath, which we talked a little bit about last week, where we value the, the outcome more than the process it took to get there. And if there, was, if there was no process to get there, then the process it often took to come back from it. So how do you know if you're ready for a certain goal? It's tough. Um, the closer you are, the more you figure out. You do some tests, you do some test races, you do some examples. You, For an Ironman, you would do different pieces. Your brick runs should give you a pretty good indication. Yours is multiple months out, so three months out. So you still have a ton of time. That's basically a full training cycle, like a full 12-week start-to-finish training cycle. So you have plenty of time. For someone that has a race coming up in a couple weeks, you kind of just got to trust that you're there. And if you're in the interim, figure out what your deficiencies are so that you can fix them. If you have no top-end speed, you need to get faster. If you have no endurance, then we need to build that. That'd be unfortunate because that takes a while to build. If your hydration plan's terrible, we can fix that pretty easily. If, you're, if you don't have a hydration plan or know why you need that, even more important, let's fix that now so that you can start testing it. So it's tough, to, it's tough to know. And I think that's one of the reasons that people are attracted to this sport is because you never, a lot of time you actually don't know if you're going to finish. Jeff Winchester said in the interview I did with those guys that the reason he keeps signing up for hundreds is partially because he doesn't think he can do it. And that really hit home to me because I think that's one of the main reasons I signed up for this 50-miler was because I don't think, it doesn't make sense to me that I can actually do that. And I think part of it is if your goal doesn't scare you a little bit, maybe you need to set a bigger goal. It should be a little scary. I hope that's helpful. That's all I have for today. Unless I see another comment in the next couple seconds, I'm going to get out of here soon. Thank you all for sticking around who did. Thank you to anybody who's watching the replay. If you know this would be useful to anybody, please share it with them. Like, I put this out there to try and help people do better. So the more people it reaches, the better. So thank you so much. Hope you have a good rest of your night, and I'll talk to you later. See ya. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian, and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.